0: A, there's a real uh, prophetic flow, a prophetic vein that's happening today. Um, just the the direction that the worship was going, and what I was planning on speaking about, um, it's been uh, it's been really cool to watch, and that'll make sense here in a minute. But um, how many of you guys were here on Thursday when I talked about Jesus being our practical, applicable Savior? That was fun. I really like talking about Jesus in a way where it brings the Lord into our world. He didn't just save us in some ethereal, eternal security kind of way. He literally saves us in intangible ways throughout our lives. And one of the things that Jesus demonstrated with his ability to save was to save us from spiritual oppression and today is not necessarily a, a traditional Sunday morning message, but it's very important. It's, it's all about the kingdom and, um, and the heavenly realms. The Lord woke me up four days ago and helped me see through a really strong impression. Um, this is what I felt like I heard from him. He said, the two ditches are witches, There's the spirit of religion and the spirit of worldliness. Now, let me unpack that real quick. I'm talking about ditches on either side of the path of life. Like, if you're going to lead that fulfilling life, whoa, Jesus, help. If you're going to—I've got three kids. That's happened countless times to me. Um, uh, Speaking of deliver, no I'm just kidding. Uh, there's there's a path of life, and it's it's that life that Jesus promises us. He says, I've come to give them life abundantly, or the fullest life. The thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they would have life, a good life. And so, if you're not enjoying a good, abundant life, and I'm not saying every day is roses and rainbows, but... Uh, if you're not enjoying the abundant life, then there are either two things going on. Jesus is a liar, or there's something going on with you. Which one do you think it is? (laughs) It's probably not that Jesus is a liar. It's that something is amiss in your heart. Maybe, Maybe we're Maybe I'm misperceiving something about the heart of God, which is tainting my, my whole life and, and painting God in, in, in a light that's just not his true nature. And it's making me react to life in a way where I'm blaming God or I'm afraid of God or, or whatever. Does that make sense? Okay, so there's the path of life, but on either side are ditches. And you can call one side religion and the other side uh, worldliness or, or whatever. But this is what the Lord was showing me. In one ditch is a spirit of religion, in the other ditch is a spirit of worldliness. And this is what he said to me. With religion, we fast our imagination until it's so emaciated we can't create anything beautiful. With the other ditch, with worldliness, we develop a gluttonous imagination that feasts on every desire and craving until we can only counterfeit the truly beautiful. and it's about it's all about what we entertain in our minds and with with religion there's you guys have you guys know this there's this life that is devoid of true creativity and imagination and it turns into rituals and 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 repetition and and it you you're basically taking the creator out of your life and and being led by what you've already seen. Does that make sense? Um, and on the other side, on the flip side, worldliness, you just, you let anything, any imagination that enters you, your mind, you just run with it and think, well, this must be uh, my craving, what I'm meant to desire, and so I'm just going to go this direction because um, baby, I was born this way. <laughs> 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 so um i'm not gonna unpack that anymore hopefully if, if it didn't make sense grab the recording um <clears throat> so today i, w- I want to accomplish a few things i want to dismantle fear um and that undue reverence and fear of demons um they are not any more powerful than the most baby christian The, the moment that faith enters your heart, you become a believer. Who takes up residency, or who takes up residence in a believer? Jesus, aka Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Christ, lives within you the moment you believe that Jesus is who he says he is. He's going to do what he said he's going to do. So you're a new creation, his nature is in you. And what is, uh, how does Jesus treat demons? He kicks some booty. and in first john it says greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world and so if it was a believer versus lucifer and his entire army the believer has more power greater is he who's in you than he who is in the world Uh, so today i want to talk about uh, our spirit life um i want to keep the main thing the main thing The main thing is Jesus. The main thing is not like, you know, some spirit of witchcraft or whatever. The main thing is not some demon that that makes Christians trip whenever they reach the third, you know, stair of some stairwell. Does that happen to you? Does anyone have a curse on them that they, they trip downstairs or like accident proneness I don't I mean that just randomly popped into my head. Who who feels like you've been told you are just clumsy? You've fallen plenty of times and hurt yourself maybe. I break the power of that curse in Jesus name because greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Thou shalt not trip. <laughs> in Luke 10, 18, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Do you know what precipitated him saying that? What came before him saying that? Jesus sent out his disciples to go minister to people. Right? So who wants to see strongholds fall in Dallas? You know how you do it? You go love people. You don't, you know, coat your carpet in anointing oil and turn on some violin music, get on your knees and start rebuking demonic strongholds. (laughs) I'm serious. You don't blow shofars at your ceiling. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with blowing shofars. There's nothing wrong with anointing oil, but that's not how you take down strongholds. You go and love people. Because that stronghold has legal right to be over a city because the people agree with it. Humans are still the one, the determining spiritual factors on planet Earth. And so if you are empowering a stronghold, that stronghold is empowered. And so the reason Jesus saw Satan fall like lightning, can I, can I have two guys set this up on the stage or just, or just... Matthew, this I got this side, one arm. This is why I work out. (laughs) Bam. (laughs) Yeah, let's 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 have let's have fun drawing time here. No, this this is perfect. Here is a stronghold. Let's make him really mean looking. Let's give him some crazy bat wings. <laughs> <laughs> that stronghold, that stronghold is hovering over a city. A city is made up of people. Okay. And so these people, let's let's call this stronghold greed. These people have agreed with greed. <laughs> That was a total accident. <laughs> okay, so what happened What happens with people who agree with greed is they start to look like the demon of greed, and so all these guys they've got, they've got count chocolate fangs too. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you get the point. Nope, I'm gonna finish it. I just love I just love drawing. <clears throat> Okay, so you have a demon of greed over a city. Do you know why he's able to hover there? Because these guys are actually holding up what I would call agreement poles. They are agreeing with greed. And so, therefore, they are keeping him suspended over the city. Does that make sense? Y'all are tracking with me? Okay, so then... Along comes this guy. He's got long hair and a cool beard. And he's super happy. It's Jesus. I don't know if you've ever seen him in a dream, but that's almost exactly it. (laughs) (laughs) And Jesus, he's got these powerful, happy blue-green eyes. He's kind of terrifying, actually, looking right now, but... <laughs> Jesus. Jesus comes along, and, he, and he's, he sees this guy who's all bound up with greed, and he just starts loving on him. Maybe he, show, he shows him how to multiply food or, like, how to catch a fish with gold, you know, stuck inside its belly, and suddenly this guy's like, this, this guy is like, this guy's right? I don't know why I'm so greedy. He's going to take care of me. And so he loses his Count Chocula fangs. And he gets the eyes of Christ. He actually takes on Christ's happy image. So what's this this guy and this guy going to do now? What's this Christ and his disciple? What are they going to do now? They're going to hit the next guy. Count Chalky the Fang's gone. Happy people have come. (laughs) (laughs) They're very happy now. (laughs) And they realize, what in the world? Why am I holding up this lie? And they drop this pole of agreement Okay. Uh-oh. This guy is he's really freaking out now. <laughs> and all these poles of agreement are gone. And this guy falls like lightning. That's spiritual warfare. It's loving people. It's loving people right out of their mess until the stronghold hovering around them, above them, or whatever is no longer able to stay there. Thank you. I know I, I'm a great drawer, aren't I? <laughs> um so Jesus would say, or the disciples came back and they were freaking out. They're like, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And, and Jesus is like, you don't even have to rejoice in that. Just rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. He treats demons like cockroaches, okay? Who cares that you have power over demons? Like, that, that's just a, an afterthought. Of course you do. Your nature is my nature. You're little Christ on the earth. Of course demons are subject to you in my name. Let's move on to something cooler. Casting out demons is not a spiritual gift. It's second nature, your new nature. In fact, uh, Jesus said the kingdom is coming upon you. And uh, Luke 1120 said, if I drive out demons by the finger of God or the power of God, then the kingdom has come upon you. The kingdom coming upon a city, like entry level kingdom coming, like the 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 birth pangs of revival, you know, the <laughs> the beginning rumblings of, of change and an outpouring of the spirit is demonic deliverance. You just walk around, love it on people, and they start getting free of their demons through your love, through the authority of Christ. In you, on you, and through his spoken name. There's a there's a famous verse, it's Genesis one one. <laughs> and it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So who created the heavens? So there is a heavens, right? there's a heavenly realm. You guys believe that there are things going on in in an unseen realm that highly influence and affect the things that happen in the seen realm, right? Because you you believe in demons, you weirdos. (laughs) Okay, so God created the heavens. Do you know what that means? That means that there is not a different set of heavenly principles for Buddhists, Muslims, witches, Kabbalah, or New Agers. There is one heavenly realm. There's one spirit realm. In other words, like there aren't... Special abilities or th- like secret new techniques of, he- you know, heavenly spiritual warfare or whatever. Or demons that are so powerful from the camp of the Buddhists that, you know, we can't handle them. We got to read all these books about the- how to combat the-, the spirit of Islam. And, and you know, what about, you know, witchcraft and Wicca? And there's one spirit realm. Right? Genesis 1-1. God created the heavens. In Psalm 115 verse 16. Says the highest heavens are the Lord's. But the earth he has given to. Sons of men. Or man. The earth he's given to man. The highest heavens are the Lord's. But the earth he has given to man. Who who does the earth belong to? Is is God a, uh, the kind of guy that gives a gift and then takes it back? No. He gave earth into the hands of the sons of men. So who, who determines what happens in the spirit realm on earth? Man. Because Jesus comes along in Matthew 28, 18 and says all authority in Heaven and earth has been given to me. And so the first Adam got the earth. The earth was given into the hands of the sons of men. That is Old Testament revelation. We still have it. The last Adam, Jesus comes along and says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, a man. And then he says, go. He puts that authority on us and says, go. One of my favorite scenes is out of John chapter 20 when Jesus uh, appears like out of nowhere. Everyone's freaking out and says, oh, peace, 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 be on you. (laughs) Thank you, shallah. He says, peace, be on you. As the Father sent me, so now am I sending you. Go and forgive them. Whatever sins you forgive will be forgiven whatever sins you retain will be retained Whew. I, this is totally this is a bunny trail guys but it 's an, 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 an anointed one how about I, how about I, how about I? Uh, <laughs> if you if you like read that literally Jesus says as the Father sent me so now am I sending you and then he breathed on them <sighs> And they got like a super dose of it, you know, a few days later, you know, at Pentecost when it was like, <laughs> but he breathed on them as the father sent me. So now am I sending you? And so literally Jesus, think of him before he's a little baby in the manger. He is in heaven, the Trinity just enjoying one another and Jesus and and the Father and the Holy Spirit are talking about him being birthed and the Father you know takes Jesus aside or, or the Holy Spirit so I'm sure he's there but the Father and the Son are you know facing each other and the Father places his hands on his son's shoulder and goes go forgive him son and then Jesus comes and goes Go forgive them, sons. So these guys used to look like this guy, didn't they? Did you know that the the battle has always been about the image? The image. The battle has always been over the image of Christ on you. In fact, this is going to have to be a two-part message. I'm not even halfway through my notes. Whoo! Okay, so <laughs> in the beginning. <laughs> We, you can read about uh, Lucifer's fall in, uh, I just totally forgot the chapter, but it's a really famous chapter. Lucifer was an angel of heaven. He's very beautiful. And he says, how you've fallen, O son of the dawn. And, uh, you know, you said within your heart, I will be lifted up to the heavens. I will be like God. Basically, Lucifer wanted to be like God. He wanted the, the praise and the glory. He, he wanted to be like God. And so uh, that was illegal pride. It's good to want to be like God in his greatness and understand that he is king, but it's it's a totally different thing to try to place yourself above him, okay? And that's what Lucifer was trying to do. And so he's banished down into the earthly realms, right? Lucifer is cast out of heaven, okay? Then God's like creating earth and and, creating these animals and plants. And and then he says the most terrifying words Satan could ever hear. And he says, let us make man in our own image. What did Satan want? The image. And And then David comes along and he says, what is man that you're mindful of him? You've made him a little lower than, and yet you've crowned him with, glory. Who was an angel? Lucifer was an angel. So God makes these weak creatures called humans out of dust, out of dirt. And here's Lucifer. He's the most beautiful, glorious angel in heaven. And he hears the most terrifying words of this little creature that is made a little lower than angels. And God puts his glory on him. Satan's jealous. He wants that image. He wants you to worship him and take his image because he still wants to be God. He's jealous. It was for envy that Jesus was handed over. Pilate even recognized the the power of that jealous spell had delivered Jesus and Pilate's like, I got to, I'm keeping my hands off this because those guys are blinded by envy. It was for envy that they handed you over to me. That's what he said. Jesus, help me. I'm, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost. I just got a, like three pages of notes. I don't want to scare you guys. We're probably not going to get through it. Um, <clears throat> So Satan knows the Bible. Did you know that? He probably knows it better than me, which really ticks me off. <laughs> so I love, I love the Bible, um, but he's he's been around a long time. He had he's had a few days to read through the law. <laughs> okay, Satan knows the Bible. He knows spiritual principles from Scripture. He knows the principles, but not the prince. All he has are a bunch of ipples. (laughs) He has no prints in his principles, just ipples. Okay, and you don't want to be like him. You have the perfect amount of ipples. (laughs) Satan actually used the Bible against Jesus, right? The audacity, the living word is being tested by the written word. that's why religion is one of the worst kinds of witchcrafts because it's a person devoid of the heart of God using the hand of God Jesus spoke this indictment against the Pharisees and he says in John 5:39 you diligently search the scriptures because by them you think you possess eternal life but these are the scriptures which testify of me and yet you refuse to come to me that you'd have life They're using the Bible like a spell book sorcerers implement these same principles in second kings 327 the king of moab saw that the battle was going against him israel was wrecking shop on moab so what what the king of moab did was he took well he tried he took 700 swordsmen to try to break through the ranks of israel uh, opposite the king but they couldn't So then he took his firstborn son who was to succeed him and offered him as a burnt offering on the wall. Isn't that messed up? This pagan king takes his firstborn son, kills him, hangs him from the the wall. You know what happens? And great wrath came upon Israel. So they withdrew from him and returned to their own land. Isn't that messed up? It seems like, They should have been even more enraged to go against this king of Moab, right? But you know what happened? The king of Moab knew a, a principle of the spirit, and that's that the shedding of innocent blood releases spiritual power. And so he sacrificed his son in order to demonically empower his army, and it worked. Isn't that messed up? I'm telling you guys, these are, this is all just straight from the Bible. Everything that, everything that New Agers, witches, Buddhists, and Muslims adhere to, they're actually just counterfeiting what is straight from our own inheritance. Let me let me go on, try to prove this to you. Witches are sometimes instructed and led by demons to get deliverance so that they can get seven more powerful demons once their temple is swept clean. I know stories of this, firsthand stories of witches that come for deliverance because out of Matthew uh, 12, 43, it says, when a demon leaves a person, it, it roams through waterless places seeking rest, but it finds none. So it says to itself, I'm going to return to my house. And when it does, it takes seven more demons more powerful than itself and says, Whoa, this place is swept clean. Let's take up residence right here. Come on, guys, party inside this person's heart. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. Okay, so those witches know that principle, or at least the demons that they are in. Being inspired by, know that principle. And so they go to a deliverance meeting, get delivered of a demon, go out and get worse ones. Guys, we've got to wake up. Those in witchcraft will try to sleep with believers to become one with them and benefit from new impartations and swap demons into the believer. Watch yourselves. There will be no fear in this room, by the way. I don't tolerate fear. Elijah was fed by ravens. He was fed by birds. Isn't that cool? Did you know that witches use ravens and cats to portal view? They spy through the eyes of ravens. This is from the Bible. Pigs can have demons, right? We just read that uh, on Thursday out of Mark five, legion was cast out of a person and filled a herd of pigs. Why not cats? <laughs> I'm sorry for all you cat lovers. There, there are plenty of undemonized cats out there. Let me, all you, all you watching on online. There are plenty of non-demonized kitties. You might have to search high and low for them, but. new agers try their hand at um astral projecting and and astral viewing that's crazy that's just evil witchcraft well have you ever read colossians chapter 2 verse 5 paul says straight from the bible guys though i am absent from you in body i am present with you in spirit and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. What? Paul was moving in some funky monkey power. <laughs> Though I'm absent from you in body, I'm present in spirit and I see how awesome you are. I've got friends that have done this to me. I'm not kidding. What about portal jumping? That's crazy. Evil. Evil. Acts chapter 8, 39 through 40. Philip, you know this story, he was baptizing that Ethiopian dude, and as as the Ethiopian comes out of the water, pff, Philip is gonzo. I mean, they're they're like in a desert. Where is he gonna hide? Like <laughs> Philip is gone, but it says in the very next verse, but he appeared in Azotis, which is at least 30 miles. Away, I think. I mean, I looked at a map and, and researched it pretty good. It's, it's like 30 miles away. And so uh, he baptized a dude, disappeared, reappeared in a and just got right back to preaching. He's like, well, let's just keep on doing what I know to do because this is, if I think about this, I'm going to be weirded out. <laughs> Psychics. They counterfeit what we genuinely use as the prophetic. That's why when we go out and we've, we've done this before and we've wanted to do it more, but we set up a, a tent that says spiritual readings. And, you know, at, at events and stuff and people come up for spiritual readings and we begin to prophesy the heart of the Lord over them because we are reading things of the spirit. Here's a crazy story from the Bible. Acts sixteen sixteen. This is the fortune-telling slave girl. As they were going from place to place, they were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men, um, well, it's a girl, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling you the way to be saved. What, would, what? She was telling a true thing. These men are servants of the Most High God, and they're telling you how to be saved. This is a spirit of divination operating in her. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the spirit left her. That girl was operating in spiritual gifts, spiritual principles apart from the prince. Does that make sense? So she had to get delivered, and I guarantee she was very happy when she was. Her uh, owners were not happy, though. They, they saw that their, their hope for making money through her was gone. And so they seized Paul and Silas. They had them dragged before the magistrates. They stripped them naked, severely beat them, like severely flogged them, threw them into prison, into the innermost chamber, shackled their hands and feet into stocks. And that's when you hear that cool story where they're singing praises to God that night. At about midnight, they're singing praises to God And a violent earthquake comes, shakes the prison. Doors open. The prison guard comes in. He's about to kill himself, and Paul's like, "Don't do that, dude." Prison guard gets saved. That that prison guard's whole family gets saved. Isn't that awesome? What do we have to fear from even a demonically inspired mob? If they if they beat you and throw you in prison, the moment you open your mouth to sing, prison doors open. Isn't that crazy? Here's another one from the Bible. 1 Samuel 28. I actually talked about this a few weeks ago. Saul had a medium bring Samuel, a dead prophet, back from the cloud of witnesses or the grave. I mean, Samuel came back through a medium. God does not like witchcraft not because we are breaking his rules but because as children we go into the spirit realm without our father and that's where you get attacked by critters in fact in first chronicles 10 it says saul died for this breach of faith he broke faith with the lord did not commit keep the command of the lord consulted a medium seeking guidance. He did not seek guidance from the Lord. Therefore, the Lord put him to death and turned the kingdom over to David. Whoo, Jesus. If you're leading a ministry or a business with a spirit of manipulation or witchcraft on you, now is the time to repent. It's better than dying and having your kingdom handed over to your successor wasn't expecting to go there. Hallelujah! <laughs> <laughs> Praise God, Sunday morning hey <laughs> uh, In second Corinthians 12:2 Paul talks about the third heaven. He gets caught up in this beautiful place where he, he hears amazing things, sees amazing things, calls it the third heaven. In Hebrews 4.14, Jesus passes through those heavens. In Hebrews 9.24, it says, For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself. Okay, so let's talk about the copies of the true heaven on earth. He's talking about the tabernacle and the temple. This is just real quick, real quick. The tabernacle has like three three layers. There's the outer course, the inner uh uh, whatever and then the the holy of holies okay so there's three levels it's a copy of what's on earth you go into the holy of holies to bring the sacrifice what did jesus do as priest and sacrifice he passed through all the levels of the heavens into the holy of holies and as high priest presented himself as sacrifice making us pure forever This is the cool part about what went on with worship this morning. Uh, I was already planning on teaching uh, this next section about Jesus being the gate. He is our way to the Father. He is the door. And then last night, Jen texted me and said, hey, can I sing your song, Open Doors? There's nothing but open doors here in this place. Nothing but open eyes to see your face. I mean, you can't fake stuff like that. It's so cool, Holy Ghost. Jesus, when he's talking about himself being the gate, he says, people who come in through any other way are thieves and robbers. Wait a minute. So there are ways into the heavenly realms other than Jesus? Jesus, I thought you were, you were the, the gate. But he says, he who comes in by any other means or way is a thief and a robber. Anybody in here ever taken LSD and entered some heavenly realms? Other than me, I'll just own up to it. It's real bad times. Let me just warn you, if you are prophetic, do not take hallucinogens. That will freak you out. That will mess with your brain for a long time. Do not take hallucinogens. You will enter heavenly places, but not through Christ, and you will come back with critters that plague your life. Jesus is the shepherd of my soul. Why would I need a shepherd for my soul? I just need a shepherd to guide me through the stupid decisions of life. I need a physical shepherd most of the time, like to help me avoid 635. Like, Lord, be the shepherd of my driving. (laughs) But no, he's the shepherd of your soul, the unseen realm. He is the one that walks you through the spiritual realms. We mentioned what happened at the moment of faith. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. He made his address you. You drive, you boulevard, you road. <laughs> Holy Spirit lives in you the moment you believed. And so you took on what nature? The Holy Spirit, Christ's nature. So if Christ is an open door, what are you? There's nothing but open doors here in this place. There's nothing but open eyes to see your face. Nothing but open doors to walk through now. There's nothing but open ears to hear the sound of your voice. You guys are open doors. Seriously, how does heaven get to earth? The famous prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How does heaven get on earth? Through you. There is not some sacred rock that we walk up to upon which we get impartations from heaven or angels are like being vomited out of this hole in the ground. They're coming through you. Jesus assigns his angels to you. How does hell get on earth? Hitler. (laughs) You think I'm kidding? That guy knew some spiritual principles about the shedding of innocent blood. He had so much demonic power that he almost took over the world through the shedding of innocent blood. He knew some other spiritual principles too that are messed up. But uh, let me just say this you still have the ability to release hell on earth. He handed the keys to the kingdom to you, to Peter. The keys to the kingdom. And then what does Jesus say about where the kingdom is? He says, don't look over here or over there. If people say the kingdom's over there, look for it. Don't go to that conference or that conference or whatever. The kingdom's inside you. It doesn't come by visible things. The kingdom's inside you. So if he gave us the keys to the kingdom, what are, what are we unlocking? Places in our heart. You take that keychain and you start unlocking joy. You start unlocking peace, like everything's going to be all right, sister. You start unlocking these words from God and what's getting on on earth. Heaven is coming through you. But let's just say you're having one of those really bad days and and you're agreeing with the accuser over yourself or someone and you're you're saying yeah, I don't see much hope for this situation. It kind of just seems like this is the person who you are. And and, and you you, be, you know that you can release hell on people. Anyone ever done it other than me? Am I just the only one who has released hell on someone before? I have released hell on earth. But I want to spend the rest of my days unlocking the doors to heaven. And opening it up. Letting heaven get on earth. Wow. Let's stand. I talked really fast and got through that. You guys okay? This is a crazy Sunday morning message. Just want you to know that Jesus is the Son of God who died for your sins, (laughs) rose again after three days. He is the propitiation for our sins, and he is our path into heaven. Those who believe in him will eternally be saved. Isn't that great news? Just wanted to cover my bases just in case someone didn't think I taught on uh, the gospel. Jesus, we love your presence so much. We ask that you would open us up. Just like Paul prayed, that you would open up the eyes of our hearts. We've got peepers on our ticker. Okay? You've got eyes on your ticker. Lord, open up the eyes on our hearts right now. In fact, if there's eyes, I believe that there's ears and a nose. Lord, open up the smeller, the sniffer of my heart. Open up the ears of my heart. Open up every spiritual sense to me and everyone in this room, God. We don't want to be uh, just duped and uninformed uh, about the spirit realm. We don't want to go down that religious road where we divorce ourselves from our own soul. Lord, I ask for a remarriage of our souls to us right now. In Jesus' name, that our, our minds, wills, and emotions would line up with the spirit right now. In Jesus' name. Lord, we want our emotions. We say they're good. We want them. We want the imagination, Lord. And Father, I ask for uh, spiritual encounters, dreams, and visions to increase in this room. We impart that by faith in Jesus' name right now. And Father, who anyone who uh, was convicted from when I was talking about witchcraft or manipulation or new age anyone who has felt convicted for going into the heavenly realms without you. I just declare that today is a new day in Jesus' name. And the Lord sees your repentant heart. You have a blank slate. Jesus is now the shepherd of your soul by faith. Just take it by faith. We break the power of shame in this room, in Jesus' name, Father, I ask for, uh, I ask that this church would be obnoxiously blessed. It would be a sign and a wonder on the earth that we would be Christians living full lives, like you said, Lord. We want the fullness of life. Bless our families, our marriages our friendships. In Jesus' name, amen.